0: Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast, brought to you by TargetInternet.com. Hello and welcome back to the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Kieran Rogers.
1: And I'm Daniel Rolls.
0: And today, Daniel, we are talking about LinkedIn for digital marketing.
1: We are. And... I think this is one of the most underestimated social channels at the moment, but also has the most problems as well, potentially. So bottom line uh, is that engagement rates in LinkedIn are generally better than pretty much any other social channel at the moment from the data I've been looking mm, at.
0: Would that just be for B2B or B2C? It generally is mm. B2B.
1: I mean, the, the, but this is across B2C channels as well. So yeah. I mean, in terms of the engagement, you might get on Instagram or Facebook or potentially Twitter, which is a bit of both still LinkedIn gets higher engagement rates because it is more niche and it is business-to-business mm-hmm. specifically. Uh, having spoken to people on our training courses and people that use e Learning, uh, actually, the majority of organizations are business-to-business organizations. Although we like talking about consumer-based stuff, uh, an awful lot of stuff is B2B. Now, bear in mind, even if you are consumer-facing uh, you'll actually find that B2B can be useful for recruiting, uh, for employee advocacy, and a few other things mm-hmm. as well. But we're going to talk about it specifically from a digital marketing perspective, leaning towards the business-to-business side of things. But I think it's underutilized, and I think there's a couple of reasons. What LinkedIn works for is people, not brands. And I what I've seen more and more is that people have LinkedIn company pages mm-hmm. that push their stuff out, and they get pretty minimal or average levels of engagement when an individual posts content it tends to do incredibly better but people have a bit of a hang-up and this is what we want to kind of address what you need to decide is is your LinkedIn profile about you and you trying to get new jobs and your career or is it about you trying to do your job better And it can be a bit of both potentially. But there is a decision to be made because if I read your profile and it says Daniel is excellent and he does these great things and he would be an amazing employee and you should give him lots of money to do it, that's one thing. Whereas if it says uh, Daniel's company does this and we can help you do that and it kind of goes in that tangent, then it's going to be more useful from that kind of point of view. So what we would tend to advise is that an organisation – Uh, goes through and appoints brand ambassadors. So for example, in our organization, uh, myself, Kieran, who's our marketing director, and uh, Susanna, who's our commercial director, will all use LinkedIn to post content and engage with people as people, but acting as ambassadors for the brand. And LinkedIn, for us in this particular case, is more about using it to drive what we want to drive, but to to be real and connect back to the company's content and Mm. so on as well. Now, you tend to find people who engage with that, whereas they won't really engage particularly with company pages. And actually, what's interesting is we did a little bit of analysis, or Kieran did actually, and looked at, for example, my LinkedIn profile and my commercial director's profile. Mm-hmm. And my gut instinct was we'd have an awful lot of the same kind of people on there.
0: It's not what you found there, is no, it? the overlap was really, really light. So what, one other thing, if you if you want to do this between different accounts, you can actually download a list of all of your followers, uh, and you, you then get email uh, addresses from that, and then you can cross reference that. So it was a little bit of a, a spreadsheet hack, really. But we actually found the overlap was only about, I think it was about three, four percent. It was really, really much, much lighter than we thought.
1: Right. And I think based on that, it means actually we could be sharing the same content because we're not actually upsetting anyone. And even that three, four percent actually, if to see the same content a- addressed in slightly different ways, mm-hmm. what we shouldn't be doing here is this content it should potentially be more, right, we've got a blog out and I thought this was interesting or I've got a podcast, maybe this is interesting, what do you think of this, etc. Yeah. And actually, because you're coming at it from different angles, it's kind of okay to do that.
0: I, I found this with, with my own LinkedIn posts, you know, because I can take those and, and customise them for the sort of thing that that, that I found interesting. So maybe it's um, a podcast interview that, That I've conducted um, and actually giving a little bit of an insight into, you know, who it was and what I enjoyed about it and stuff just makes it much more personal to me rather than the, you know, the broadcast one size fits all. everybody saying the same thing like sort of, you know, demonic robots. You you kind of want to avoid that. You want you want to have your your personality and, and your own personal profile kind of out there doing what you do.
1: So something you just mentioned, which is interesting, is posts uh, and understand the difference between posts and articles. A post is a little bit of text, maybe a bit of video, maybe an image, but it's quick, quick fire. An article is more like a full blog post built into LinkedIn. So you can have a header image, a title, you can embed images and videos. The way that we've been approaching this, which is not necessarily the most perfect way, but it seems to work for us, is that we will take a blog post or a piece of content from our website and we will embed something like two-thirds of it, I believe. Uh, And we will then at the bottom say, right, well, if you've engaged this far, you must be interested in this topic. There's enough to get your teeth into. Uh, The rest of it's on the website. We will link through to the website, but we will very clearly put on the bottom, originally published on targetinternet.com. And we will leave a bit of a period of time before publishing it on the website, waiting till Google has picked that up before we repeat that into LinkedIn. Mm. Now, the reason being is you don't want duplicate content penalties. Uh, and from what we've seen, we've completely avoided that. Mm. There's no problems with that. Google doesn't seem to be concerned about it because we're generally signposting where it came from with the ability that we've got. And that is the content that seems to get very good levels of engagement. People are genuinely interested.
0: Yeah, it does. It's Very often it's, it's that content that I get comments on. Uh, you know, actually from people I know quite well in some instances, you know, I've got real world relationships with them and, and you, you kind of get into a, like you meet up with them or you get into a conversation with them and they'll suddenly start bringing up stuff that you've, you've pushed out as, as articles. And it's, it's amazing how much reach it, it gets because you don't necessarily see it from, from the engagement or the shares and stuff, but actually people are kind of clocking. It's like, oh, that's interesting. That's what, that's what Kieran's been working on this week. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll mention that when I, when I see him. And it, yeah, it surprised me did surprise me
1: what i've seen as well is if we've seen diminishing engagement with facebook in a lot of our markets we've seen t- twitter for me actually i think when i'm looking at it, it's pretty static i don't think it's gone down at all when i speak to a younger audience i think that's gone down or hasn't really grown mm. but i certainly don't think it's gone down elsewhere but linkedin is the one that seems to be consistently getting good levels of engagement along with twitter for us um, and actually you get a higher level, of a true level of engagement than elsewhere, I think, in that people are reading it and as you say, are saying this is interesting, this is engaging. That kind of leads us on to this idea of social selling and I just want to say some good things and some negative things about that. The growth of the term social selling has led people to start doing more sales through LinkedIn, which is not really the point. And when I say that, I mean people just going in and going, are you interested in buying my stuff? We've got this great product or service. Uh, Could you get in contact and then send me another email three days later? Oh, you didn't respond to my last email. And there's nothing more irritating than those automated cadences of emails Mm -hmm. that are getting no level of response. So don't do that. But actually, if you post some content and 30 people like it, and then you go back to each of those 30 people individually and say, oh, you like that? Maybe you've got this stuff that you like or what did you think? Or you start having some genuine conversation with them. Um, you have got the opportunity to build a relationship. Real sales is done the, on the back of relationship building. Mm-hmm. And actually, those people are more likely to come to you when they've got a requirement. But also, if you know they work in I don't know, financial services and then you suddenly go, oh, you know that thing we've got? We've got a financial services version. If you fancy taking a look, here's a link. If not, don't worry about it. That's a much more comfortable way of doing selling within LinkedIn. And we've made an effort very much, whenever we said anything a bit salesy, to go through and say, thought I'd signpost this for this reason. Here's the thing you might find useful if you want to know more. Please do not feel the need to respond or even reply to this if you're not interested. Because I don't want to put people in the situation where they feel they have to take five minutes out of their day because we've got a relationship to be polite and respond to something when... To be honest, there's a there's an element of sales in it. It should be, I think this is useful for you now. I've sent it at a time that I think is appropriate, but actually I could be wrong. So therefore, please don't have to make any effort if that's the case. What amazed me, I've sent out a couple of campaigns recently uh, on LinkedIn. So we've highlighted a load of people we know we've engaged with. We've messaged those people directly. And the amount of people that say, not interested, but thanks. Hmm. And that's a good sign because that's actually saying, do you know what, it was one-to-one enough that they were grateful you highlighted it and it didn't seem inappropriate. So just, just make sure that's the case. So social selling, you should build a process, but it should very much be based around actual engagement, actually working out the value and actually providing something that's useful to those people as well. And that takes more time. But it should be that your, your success rate is so much higher that you don't need such a high hit rate, mm. i.e. it's not the old school blast out a trillion messages, get a couple of things back. And the more and more I look into sales stats and I look at how people are approaching sales, the whole – and we've had this in marketing for a long time – the whole spray and pray kind of approach – really needs to stop because it, it just irritates the hell out of you. And you're burning your contacts.
0: Well, I you know, I, I would go as far as to say I think LinkedIn's got a bit of a problem with those people mm. at the moment. It's, in my opinion, the cost of being on LinkedIn very often outweighs the benefits that I get in some days. You know, when you just get so many messages from people that are just trying to sell you mm. stuff. And, you know, you don't necessarily know what their connection is with, with you, particularly for us doing a, doing a podcast. Now, I tend to look at anybody with, like, digital marketing in their title. And I'm, oh, okay, they might want to get in touch and chat about the show. More often than not, that's not what they want at all. They just want to sell me stuff.
1: What's interesting as well is there's, this, there's a couple of schools of thought on this. Mm-hmm. And one of them is that you should only connect to people if you know them in the real world. That's one really extreme level of things. Then there's the next, which I think is quite an interesting one, which is if, they, if someone phoned you up and someone passed you a message, oh, it's uh, John Smith on the phone, you'd know who they were. Yeah. I can say for the majority of my LinkedIn contacts, that's not the case. I've taken a broader approach, which is is if it looks to me there's some sort of professional interest or connection, then I'll connect up to people. It Mm. gives me an audience and it also gives me the ability to build a relationship. Then there's a, I will just connect to anyone. Uh, And that's probably not a great idea. This is just like business networking, in my opinion. You get out what you put in. So... You know, if you go to one of those kind of networking events and you don't really speak to anyone, you're not going to get that much from it. You have to be a little bit bold, but you also have the need to be engaging and interesting, have something to say as well. So, therefore, it just needs to be taken on that that kind of tone. Now, the the problem with LinkedIn, I'm going to get something we've just spent about an hour looking at, and it's me absolutely <laughs> up the wall, which is LinkedIn groups.
0: Oh. LinkedIn
1: groups. You used to have a lot of moderation options. So people could either just, anyone could join or they'd go into a moderation queue and you could approve them or not, which is kind of okay. Uh, and you can still do that. I, well, we're getting that, but I'm not yeah. sure you can switch it on. I'm not sure it's a standard no, it's thing just now. A standard.
0: Right. Well, it's because ours is a closed group. Yeah. So we, we invite people to request just access to it.
1: So what then happened is it used to be able to say, right, anyone that's posted, I have to approve it. Yeah. Or once they've posted, once they've been approved, then they can keep on posting stuff. Or I can say, this person needs approval every time. And it would allow you to manage the stuff that was being posted to the group. Now, if you go to our LinkedIn group, and we are constantly tidying this up, there are loads of people just going in there and going, here's my stuff. Here's my stuff. Look at this. And actually, it just drowns the group out. Now, we can go in and block those people, which we do very, very regularly. Literally, if you offend once, you get blocked. That's pretty much the policy now. <laughs> because the, 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 the description of the group says, this is how you should use it. But the problem is it's made LinkedIn groups pretty unusable for everyone else. You also used to be able to message everyone that was a member of your group. Something
0: like once a week? Yeah, maximum once a week yeah, at the yeah.
1: time. And you could go through and say, here you go, here's, here's something useful we've got coming up. You can't do that anymore either, which is maybe okay. Uh, but you do have preferences where you could manage that anyway. I think a few people got fed up with it. But it's made LinkedIn groups a lot less usable from that point of view so I still think the way forward is sharing content that's useful and engaging with the feedback you get and building your network according to people you've actually got some real world connection with now this leads to a bigger conversation of if you want to have a group discussion where should you do that online and I'd love to hear your opinions on this because I think for us because we're business to business Facebook groups doesn't feel quite right although there are a fair number of out there but it tends to be more on the, the kind of Maybe on the consumer side of things, I don't know. So if you look at Brighton SEO, Brighton SEO, if you're not familiar, world's biggest SEO conference, um, and they have a Facebook private group, and it's very engaged. Now, technically, that's a business-to-business group, but that works pretty well. We could set up a Yammer or a Facebook business, which is kind of like a separate login to just do business stuff, but it's yet another login. LinkedIn groups isn't quite working. Uh, I can set up a separate forum but then you've got to log in to something else. So I think it's becoming challenging because we're all getting a little bit more cynical at these groups to actually get those group conversations going in the right place. So I'd be interested to hear people's
0: opinions. I would too. You know, if you've got something that you're finding works really, really well, get in touch and share it with us because we're... we're we're optimistically curious. About Absolutely. The subject,
1: so targetinternet.com forward slash podcast and you'll find all the, the connection details on there as well. So LinkedIn groups have become less useful. Therefore, individuals as advocates becomes more important. There's two elements to this. One is promoting what you do as an organization, and there's lots of opportunities for that. Um, but also from a kind of a personal branding point of view. Google loves LinkedIn profiles. The two things they particularly seem to love are the completeness of your profile and the recency of which you've updated it now what that doesn't mean you need to keep adding jobs by the way Um, (laughs) that means probably adding posts and adding articles those sorts of things the other thing is look at your privacy settings two examples of this one is if you decide right that's it news resolution whatever it may be i'm going to go and tidy up my linkedin profile and you edit this and you edit that and you edit something else if you've got one of the settings switched on every profile edit you make will be posted to your timeline and everyone is going to see 20 updates to your timeline and they're going to go, oh, Daniel's getting a new job <laughs> and it doesn't look good if you're not, okay, if you're trying to kind of do this in front of your boss or something. That's one thing. The other thing is bear in mind everyone can see who you're connecting to and who your connections are unless you switch it off. So I had a friend who was working at a large consultancy firm and unfortunately they were dealing with a few bankruptcies. So they would go into a company when it had gone bankrupt and try and work with how do you salvage it and how do you get any value back for the shareholders and those kind of things. Um And what would happen is people would watch who he was connecting to, and they would see, right, he's just connected to five people at X company. They must be going bankrupt. Let's short them. Now, if you're not familiar with what that means, it means basically kind of gambling money on the stock market to some extent that if the share price goes down rapidly, they're going to make a lot of money from that. So in those circumstances, you want to be a little bit careful. But you might want to think as well, do you want your competitors knowing who you're connecting to? I tend not to worry about this too much. But just make sure you've gone in and looked at your LinkedIn profile settings if you haven't done that for a while. They've updated it, made it a lot easier to use as well. There's some good stuff in there. Uh, But just make sure you're kind of comfortable with who's seeing what, what you're doing professionally.
0: Those settings can trip you up. I've I've got a terrible confession to make. I'm going to tell you a really funny story. Yeah, um, a couple of years ago, I went in and helped my wife with her Facebook settings. And I set them so high that when it came around to her birthday, everyone ignored her.
1: Oh, no one, on her no birthday one even was. knew her
0: birthday was happening because I'd like locked it. I like clicked on the wrong thing. So don't like don't go that far and definitely never have anything to do with your, your partner's Facebook account. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. Genuine upset. Yeah, I can imagine. And, and it was actually it wasn't it wasn't because people didn't want to wish her a happy birthday. She literally I I closed it. Do you down.
1: know what? There's an interesting point in there. So when LinkedIn comes up and says, it's Daniel's birthday. Wishing him a happy birthday. And all these people wish me a happy birthday. I have two sets of thinking about this. Yeah. One is that's really nice, they bothered to send me a happy birthday message. And then two, I think, this is LinkedIn. Yeah. Now, I, I lean on the do you know what, if someone's bothered to say happy birthday, I think that's quite nice. Because <laughs> all these people have said happy birthday, I'm very grateful, thank you. Um, what I what I don't like is when I look at my it's very funny, when I look at my inbox from them. And the only uh, there's four messages, and I've been on LinkedIn Connection with them for four years. And there are yeah. four happy birthday messages, and that's it. There's no other level oh. of engagement. Whereas Facebook, obviously, your birthday is important. Now, what I would say, you might think, well, if someone really cares about your birthday, they'd know it. But what this does show is that we don't. We do rely on Facebook now for remembering people's birthdays a lot of yeah. the time, for our not-the-closest kind of connections. So it has changed how we interact with each other. And we've got to keep assessing this. And this is the one thing from the conversations Kieran have had this morning. Because we sit down and plan out these podcasts and try and work out how things have changed. Our use of social media seems to be shifting pretty quickly at the moment. In that lots of us are using Facebook less than we used to. Mm-hmm. But we're still looking at it pretty much every day.
0: Well, do you know what? I think... Like A lot of businesses are using it as an advertising platform to reach at scale, and I think it's particularly active in that. There's lots of case studies of businesses having great success with with that. And although they're obviously having to pay for those promotions, the, the targeting tools that they have are let's let's face it they are pretty incredible mm. and i think you know in a lot of uh, arenas it's it's a great way of reaching people you otherwise couldn't couldn't necessarily reach but in terms of day-to-day one-on-one actual genuine relationships and and communication i don't know that it's e- being used as much for that and the more do you know what the more the the, the the businesses are scaling the advertising and the promotion of stuff that's got to impact on that personal one-to-oneness that, that's being experienced with. Through the app,
1: surely. Well, this is what we've discussed before. is like the death of organic reach in that, you know, Facebook for businesses to get those people is almost impossible. Organic reach is less than 1%. But actually, and that, that is, I should explain to people that aren't familiar, that the amount of people that have seen you, what percentage, sorry, have liked you, what percentage of them actually see your stuff just naturally. Yeah. But LinkedIn is employing more and more rules about their, their timeline. And it's the same thing. You're more likely to engage with an individual. So, you know, in Facebook, I engage with an individual as well. And LinkedIn may be business to business, but it's still, you know, it's still personal from that point of view. So it's it's important not to forget that as well. So... I think we've got to be careful with this. We need to, it's just like everything else. We need to provide value. We need to be real about our level of social engagement, but it does come down to the same things of advocacy, working out who those people that really want to share and engage with you are, um, going through what provides value to audience, getting genuine feedback from that, and making sure that we are consistent across the channels in providing that kind of brand tone of voice in a personal way. That we're not putting out press releases, that we are actually putting stuff out. But please don't forget that LinkedIn isn't Facebook. Oh, it drives me mad when people are uploading quirky and amusing videos to LinkedIn. Gonna, Maybe gonna, I'm just grumpy.
0: You're going to have a rant. Well, I, I think
1: deservedly so, actually. Yeah, come on,
0: come on. Let's let's squeeze the pus from the boil. Just, yeah, just, come on. That's a
1: really, really <laughs> unpleasant expression. Um, just on the basis that when I go to LinkedIn and I see, you know, this is loyalty. And it's a picture of a puppy following along his owner who's like 85 years old and can hardly walk. And it's like, okay if I wanted that kind of stuff, I would have gone somewhere else. I don't really want to see that. Here. And all you're doing is, is kind of demonstrating to me you've got too much time on your hands. I'm I'm just maybe a bit or miserable. Or
0: maybe they're just using a social media management tool that makes it very easy to post out to multiple locations.
1: Maybe, Maybe that's definitely the case. Yeah. I would just say, you know, think about each of your channels. You need a channel strategy and you just think about what you're actually doing. And I think increasingly LinkedIn can be hugely successful, but it's also getting noisier. And I think we've got to be careful as marketers not to destroy our own tools, by, which we've done in many other platforms, which is just kind of bombarding people uh, with stuff they don't really need.
0: I really like to think of social media as a party. And different platforms are like different parties, right?
1: So I'm, I'm sniggering in the background because I've done a lot of training, and I've heard this analogy yeah, quite a few times. Yeah,
0: but I, You know, it works, right? Yes. People get this, right? So if you think about it, if I was to say to you, LinkedIn – what sort of party is that? Well it's a business networking party. And that's why, Daniel, you've had such a, a, a an overreaction <laughs> to the <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> dare you to the uh, to the puppy posts that you that you've seen there. Because it that's not that's not appropriate to do in that kind of environment. But at other parties that might be a really cool thing to do you know? before people troll me, I really like puppies. <laughs> don't get me wrong. He really does. I just
1: he don't does. want them in LinkedIn particularly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I do. Actually, that's not good because I keep talking about my dog. And maybe, No, not on LinkedIn, no, maybe on Instagram a bit Instagram. too much. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. That's all right. So, um, I want to hear your success stories in LinkedIn, what's worked and what hasn't worked for you. Uh, We do genuinely, we'll take your feedback in. We'll give you a mention if you want as well, targetinternet.com forward slash podcast. All the things we mention in the show notes as normal. If you don't look at the show notes, please do. There's always extra value stuff in there as well that you will find useful. So thank you for listening to the Digital Marketing Podcast as normal. Thanks very much for listening to the Digital Marketing Podcast. If you want to continue your learning journey get over to targetinternet.com and do our digital skills benchmark it's completely free it will assess all of your digital skills tell you where your skills gaps are and recommend lots of free content to continue your learning journey so get over do the digital marketing skills benchmark and continue your learning journey today
0: Hello and welcome back to the digital marketing podcast. My name is Kieran Rogers,
1: and I'm Daniel Rolls And you sounded like a light, no, late night. Oh, I start again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what did I sound like?
1: A late night radio de- Hello. Hello, this is Kieran Rogers. Hello. Welcome to the late night drive time.
0: That gets the better of me. <laughs> it just comes out my my inner it went smooth. I know. I don't know what happened. I, I leant into the microphone, and my my inner late night host <laughs> just got the better of me. <laughs>